Welcome to The Wyatt Key, digital marketing and social business podcast. Where I, Nick Allen, cover what's rising up in digital marketing, social media, SEO, content marketing, branding, and anything else web or tech focused that I think can help your brand do better online. The odd expert will join me here too as we discuss how to be successful in today's fast-paced digital world. Hi everybody, welcome back to The Wire Care. Today I'm going to cover two things. The first is an ask that I have of you. And the second is defining your target audience using demographics, um, sociographics, and psychographic segmentation. So my ask of you guys today is... Um, what would you like me to hear talk about? What's interesting you? What's what are you finding challenging in your marketing, in the digital world, in your content marketing? Uh, has anyone had any great successes with agile marketing? I could chat to about. Uh, and does anyone want to tell me about their business? I'd love to interview a few people here um, or anywhere in the world about the successes they're having uh, and their unique business. And um, so yeah, drop me a line. Um, I'm Nick W. Allen on Twitter. I'm nickwallen.co on the internet. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on pretty much every social media channel. But yeah, the best ways to reach me are definitely on Twitter. Nick W. Allen. Drop me a tweet and let me know what you'd like to hear about in the podcast. So the first topic for today, guys, is psychographic segmentation. You know, when we're trying to find that, that target audience or kind of a main cluster of people that we want to promote our product or service to, there's a number of tools we can use. Um, and, and creating a buyer persona is a really good idea. You know, labeling out, drawing a picture on the wall and having a face of exactly who it is that you're really trying to reach. Uh, and, and one way to go about that is to... Try and work out the demographics and sociographics of um, of your audience. And, um, well, we've already got a subset of that, many of us, if we've got a good social media following. If you have a look at your audience insights area on Facebook, now this is, has a couple of caveats, providing that you've got a decent sample size here. You know, I'm talking perhaps you've got uh, a thousand likes on Facebook and the genuine fans, you know, the ones that have followed your brand because they want to hear about you. And you haven't been like gating, you know, uh, like us for some free product or, or buying fans through Facebook. You know, it's, it's a genuine subset of your audience. If you dive into audience insights, you can see in there things like um, demographic trends. You know, they, they pile your audience into age brackets and you can probably see that, you're, you know, let's say your average customer is an 18 to 25 year old male uh, living in London. You can also see their lifestyle interests. Uh, you can see some purchase information um, and which categories they're most likely to buy in. So that it's really interesting. And it can give you sort of that, that, that starting spot for, um, for understanding you know, who, who is this target audience. And there's a couple of guys that have sort of taken 
taking this idea of, of demographics a step further. You know, it's, it's fine and dandy to say, okay, we know that he's 1825, male in London, uh, likes shoes because I'm selling shoes, and he's liked me and a whole bunch of other shoe shoe brands. But you know, that, one, that really doesn't sort of target it very very finely. You know, these if I think about 18 to 25 year olds, there's a myriad of different. Uh, cliques and social cliques, uh, sports and teams that they might follow, and they behave very differently. Um, now, a while back, a, a team, uh, an advertising company called um, Young and Rubicon, uh, took a look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know those ones where it starts out at physiological things. How do I keep myself safe, fed, uh, moves through to uh, wanting to belong to something, um, looking at your self-esteem and then your self-actualization, you know, that, that um, almost the, the, the things that you, you aspire to in life and, and you need and the hierarchy works up and at the top, you know, self-actualization. Well, Young and Rubicon took a look at that and tried to segment the U.S. population into profiles. They called it the cross-cultural consumer characterization. Um, and they've actually got a site, I'll link to it in the show notes, where you can go out and work out what your psychographic tendencies might be. Now, these psychographics can help us understand a lot about our bio personas. You know, their, their activity, their interests and opinions, their attitudes, their values, and, and their behaviors. I'm going to take you through the, the, the seven definitions or the seven groupings that Young and Rubicon came to um, after the study. The first group that they had, psychographic group, is the belongers. And they're the majority of the population. You know, they're, they're 40%. Yeah, it's a large segment. And if we were to stereotype these belongers, they're the people that live in your average Midwest town in, in the USA. They love community. They love being with family and friends. And they have this innate need to belong to a group, you know, be that a church or a sports group or a fan club. You know, and these people frequently drive you know, local-made vehicles, trucks and sedans. In the U.S., they're driving the F-150s, uh, Chevy Suburbans. And you know, they're typically they're hard-working and extremely conservative and very most, you know, most likely religious. You know, their typical Saturday is driving their locally made move, people mover to church or to football practice and then home to watch the game. You know, if, if you think of tailgaters at NASCAR or Manchester United fans, potentially, I don't, don't want to stereotype too much, but that's kind of your belonger. And if you're a brand, what, what do you need to know to resonate with these people? Well, you need to make sure that your messaging is family and community orientated. You know, emphasize your product or services made locally and it's the same as things have always been. You know, words like trusted, reliable, made right here, that resonates. They believe good things take time, even in marketing, and they're willing to build a personal relationship with a brand. You know, they all buy Levi's because they know it's a brand they trust and can rely on. And they're brand loyal. loyal. You know, if you get them to buy once, twice, then they'll tend to stay with you. And so what alienates these guys? Well, they hate anything new, foreign, and game-changing. You know, 
Worse still, if it fragments them from their community, whoa. So, one-on-one Bikram hot yoga training? Uh, that'd be their worst nightmare. So there's your belongers, that major set. Well, what about the other end of the spectrum? There's the achievers. And that's 5 to 10% of the population. You know, these are the business elites, the one percenters, you know, 5 to 7% of them, but the one percenters. You know, they're constantly growth-focused, and yeah, the need for power and status are key. You know, they work 100-hour work weeks. They wear, own, and drive the best. You know, if you think of the top head fund managers, um, the top venture capitalists, bankers, Fortune 500 CXOs, and the elite entrepreneurs, that's them. You know, they're the opposite to belongers. Achievers will go so far as to customize their elite vehicles. You know, it's not just, it, it's not enough to buy a Rolls Royce, a Maybach, or a Bugatti. They're going to spend the average price, you know, the price of an average car and upgrading these and personalizing them so that it becomes theirs. Yep. They don't shop, they bring the tailor in. You know? Where the masses enter, these guys exit. So make sure that your, pro- you know, your product is elite, is custom, yeah? and it's on their terms, on their time. You know, so, so what resonates with these guys? If we're thinking brand-wise, you, know, you need an elevator pitch. Don't waste their time. Make it personal, innovative, and elite, and talk about power, money, and profit. You know what alienates these guys? Uh, probably my type of podcast where I'm stumbling, uh, slow, not quite communicating clearly. These guys have probably get a little bit abrupt with it. Um, you know, and, and anything that's conservative, common, old, non-innovative, they don't care. Um, if you talk about how their product is, will homogenize them and make them part of a community, boom, they're out. So there are two extremes. Now what's lying in the middle there? Well, just that kind of echelon below the achiever is the emulator, you know, the wannabes. These guys are achiever groupies. Yeah? Everything they do is um, trying to look like an achiever. You know, their, their subconscious war cry is, fake it till you make it. Um, yet, yeah, their motivator is often, it's not the drive for the money yeah, or the success, it's the acceptance amongst their peers or from the opposite sex. You know, it's not that relentless focus on focus on power and wealth that achievers had, you know, of, of conversion, yeah, and reaching the peak. You know, that they buy a BMW 1 Series, you know, just to say I have a BMW. You know, they wear fake Rolex or cheaper luxury brands just to have that appearance of the achievement that the achiever has. Yeah. So their products, you know, that sort of one step down from their idol, what their idol, the achiever, is wearing. Um, but it's not limited to business people. You know, this group could be emulating top musicians, um, sports stars, or actors. And generally, we're going to know it's a big generalization, but this group suffers from low self-esteem, and they need their peer approval. So, yeah, outlandish and out there, nice little BMW M1. Yeah, they they need to show off, and, and for their friends to at least think and uh, make them think that they're successful. So for brands, what resonates with these guys? Anything that can make them look like an achiever, successful and appeal to their peers or to the opposite sex. Well, what alienates them? 
telling them they're fine the way they are, you know, to settle. And that this will make them normal. Your product's going to make them one of the masses. And if you step away from that, there's another large segmentation here, and it's a growing one here in the world. And that's the socially conscious type A. Not in type A and type B. We'll get to B in a minute. But type A is about 25% of the population, and it's growing. You know, their main focus is the effect their actions will have on the world. You know, they're environmentally concerned. They recycle. They have solar power, potentially. Um, and their car will be at least economical and or practical, if not solar. Um, you know, they don't need to drive a Tesla or a, or, a, or a Toyota Prius. They might well drive a diesel car that's very practical to get somewhere they need to go, reasonably moderate in mileage, but fits five or six purposes that they have in a vehicle. Uh, for these guys, education is paramount. Um, they're most likely that they're high educated, they have one or two university degrees. Um, they like to donate and help the poor and socially disadvantaged. So what resonates with these guys? Well, yeah, your product or service must make a difference to either to the society or to the environment. Yeah, these guys are educated, as I said, and they're savvy with Google. Don't try and market to them using traditional marketing. Yeah, they're going to spot fake environmentalism. They're going to spot fake social conscience in a second. Um, they will need physical, yeah. They will need physical proof, and they will tar industries with the same brush. It's very different for the petrochemical industries to find that there's one that's a standout that they'll go with. You know, so you'll need to be totally transparent to win them over. And what alienates these guys? Um, Simply show the power of money your organization makes. You know, Ignore Kyoto initiatives and carbon offsetting. Better yet, pollute the waters around baby seal colonies. You'll really alienate them. Okay, so now we had type A. What about socially conscious type B? These ones are going to be a little bit harder to market to because uh, they have many of, the, many of the traits that a type A has. Um, but they're taking it that step further. They believe there's no hope for humanity as a whole. You know, they've rationalized that they can only change small things for small groups. So you find these guys in eco-villages and communes and on islands, right? They're recluse and, and disconnected. Difficult to mark to. But if I was going to say what resonates with them, um, though anyone who's fighting against the man, maybe, um, and what alienates them? The man. It's about it. So, um, well, there's those guys gone. For what's the next piece? Um, well, it's these guys that are really a mixture of an achiever and the socially conscious types. They're the balanced or totally integrated ones. Um, and they're a very small percentage of the population, you know, 1% to 2%. Uh, but these guys are, I don't know, they're, they're, they're like the guys that want to make a change in the world on a grand scale. You know, um, their subconscious mantra might be uh, one of the uh, little Harry S. Truman quote here. You know, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit.
And you know, their their definition of um, a good project may very well list like the successes of Truman. Um, if you want to have a perfect picture of this, and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, I'm sure of it, Yvonne, Yvonne Chonard, right, the CEO of Patagonia. Go look him up, Google him. This guy is a perfect example of a balanced or totally integrated individual. Um, and hey, it's a great example of a company. I wish there were more companies that could um, emulate what Yvonne does. So what resonates with these guys? It's benefiting mankind as a whole and doing it in a way that sustains momentum. You know, they understand that you need a profit to keep building their business ethically. What alienates them? Well, much like their, you know, their Taipei counterparts, um, they'll spot anything but ultra-transparency ultra and fakes, and you know, they'll spot it with ease and they'll hate it. So there's a final set of the population here. It's uh, one that you know potentially I I find difficult to start, and I'm and I'm here quoting here marketing to this group, and it's those that are needs driven. You know they're they're either on benefits or they're earning around the minimum wage. They're the ones that hey old corporates tend to take advantage of. And one that if I'm in a small startup, you know, maybe it's a path to head down, but it's not what I kind of encourage. But so let's have a look at what they do. Um, as I said, you know they're they're close to poverty, poverty, and they're socially reliant. You know, they rely on the rest of us paying our taxes to be able to keep them afloat. Um, they can't afford to save. Uh, they spend they spend what they have each week and beyond it. You know, um, they're mode survival. Yet, you know, curiously, they'll buy from a local store in the moment rather than take the bus to a larger retail store where they could get it cheaper. So what resonates with these guys? Um, yeah, as I said, you know, I probably discovered that you know, here I am, I'm a socially conscious type A, and I find it hard to justify looking for what resonates with this group. Uh, but if your product's there and, you know, they want things that are going to make them look rich and make them be happy, they live in the now. Use fear, uh, impulse buying on infomercials, you know, once-in-a-lifetime offers, yeah, they're key. Um, reinforce their low self-esteem and how your product will change that. And what alienates these guys? Oh, yeah, pretty easy to guess. It's price. You know, and any other type of reminder that they're struggling. So, now that you've seen these seven categories, let's dive back into our into the tools that we've got, the data, you know, data beats opinion. Let's go look at social media again and look into our analytics and see uh, what else we can learn about this and see whether we can validate um, some of the assumptions you might have around uh, what psychographic your audience has. So um, one thing you might want to look at um, is look at the other brands that your fans like on Facebook. Uh, let's have a quick peek. Thinking of those 18 to 25-year-old males in London, that first assumption we'd made or you know, sample we'd, example we'd given. Uh, who else do they follow? BMW, Armani, Men's Fitness. Well, you've probably got a tribe of emulators. Uh, Patagonia, Zopa, Tom's Shoes and Tesla. 
very well may well have a drive of the socially conscious type A. Uh, and if you dive in and, you know, the pages are littered with NASCAR, Budweiser, ESPN, Stella, you know, it sounds like you may have a tribe of belongers. So I'm going to challenge you guys, yeah, have a look at creating content that appeals to one or two of these markets and test it, you know, do some multivariant testing and posts and, and, and see what, what sits well with each of these profiles, Yeah. Um, more and more of Generation Y and Z and Millennials are aligning with a socially conscious Type A each day. So that's one that I'm keen to pay particular attention to. Um, yeah, and hopefully that might reveal the true nature of your target audience um, and give you some better insights, some better ways to target and um, hopefully some increased sales. Uh, let me know um, in the notes or drop me a tweet at Nick W. Allen. Or come and visit my blog, nickwellen.co.co. There's no M on the end, or .co. There's not, and it's not .co.nz. It is nickwellen.co. Uh, have a great, great time, guys, and I'll catch you next time on the Wirecast.